The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Let's hands together and celebrate this God that is more than enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He is more than enough. In fact, the, the Bible says that God's love is beyond understanding. And we celebrate and appreciate Him who has loved us with an everlasting love. One more time, just celebrate Jesus, the lover of our soul. We thank you. We magnify you. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. Accept our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. Let's put our hands together for fragrance of life. Thank you so very much. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. God is more than enough, and as we be more than enough for you as well, in Jesus' name. Good morning, everyone. Please turn around to somebody to your side, to your left, to your right, and they'll say something nice to them. To them, the Lord bless you richly. And those watching online, we love and appreciate you. We thank you for connecting with us today. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So many things going on in my mind this morning. But okay, let's... let's uh, Let's do this. Let, let, just, let me just remind each and every one of us that um, the last Saturday of this month we're going to be having picnic. If you're, if you're uh, it's going to be a family picnic and it's going to be a great time in his presence. It's going to be a swell time. And I understand that there is um, is it a water park or a splash park, whatever. <laughs> uh, whether it's splash. You know, according to <laughs> according to Elsie, water is water. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But it's going to be a lot of fun. So bring your kids, bring your children, bring everyone, and let's have a great time in His presence. And then, of course, the last Sunday of this month, we're going to be having vision and variety service. So I'd like to please encourage you. Um, if you have a song, you have a poem, you have something that you want to just used to minister, would like you to see the Kennedy or send us an email at info at canada.ca. Praise the name of the Lord. How many people remember what we spoke about last Sunday? Those who were in person. If you're online, you can put it in the chat room. What did we speak about last Sunday? Okay, we said a love is the most excellent way. And then what, what was eventually our focus? One of the attributes of love. Yeah, we, we focused on one great attribute of love, which is patience. Which is patience. So we're going to continue part two of that message. And then next Sunday, by the special grace of God, I'm going to be talking about marriage matters. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be talking about marriage matters by the special grace of God. So if you're married... Oh, you, you, need to, you need to hear that. If you're not married, you also need to hear it. Because um, the Bible says that Jotan prepared his ways. You need to prepare for a great marital future. Let nobody tell you, especially for the young people, that marriage is not good. Let nobody tell you. We live in a world where people are rather thinking of being single because of the terrible stories that they've had. But your marriage will be a blessing. Your marriage will be glorious in the mighty name of Jesus. And just in case you're married and your marriage is not where you want it to be now, God is going to restore love in a different dimension. And just in case the marriage is sweet, it will be sweeter in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's not forget as well that Friday, um, we. Last this Friday, we treated. Um, we couldn't stream Friday because of, uh, you know, we, <laughs> some people know the network that some of us were. So as a church, we were on Rogers Network, and uh, we don't know what happened to them. 
But thank God for God all the same. We started, by, we started the topic on walking in love. Walking in love. Because if we say that love is the most excellent way, the only way therefore to ex express it is to walk in it. And then this Friday, by the special grace of God, we're going to be talking about the benefits of walking in love. You can't afford to miss it. Service a simple person also uh, streaming that online. And uh, it will be a blessing to you and I in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. There is, there is this song that is coming to my mind. I don't know um, how many of us have uh, heard a song before. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a song that was sung by a man called Glenn Campbell. You know, so many years ago. Maybe some of you were not born then. But I think it has something to do. Try a little kindness. If you try a little kindness, a narrow-minded people, a narrow-minded sea. How many people know that song? Okay. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Well, I can't sing. I can't sing it. So. But, but it's, it's a very, very instructive song that speaks to what I'm going to be emphasizing today. It's a song that speaks to what I'm going to be emphasizing. This it just this song just came to my mind, and um, I don't have the full lyrics, so I would have probably tried to sing. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord! The God that you know that made canaries also made the croak toads that can croak. Father, we thank you for your word. Let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding. Illuminate us, change us, transform us, quicken us, and let our lives never be the same again. Spirit of the living God, the producer of love, produce love out of every life, here in person or watching online, in the mighty name of Jesus. Baptize us with the fruits of love. Let it spring forth an expression the Lord will make a difference forever. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's our theme for the month. It says, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Yet I will show you the most excellent way. I will show you the most excellent way. There are different ways that people walk in life. Different roads. I, I think there is something very common with everyone here seated this morning or watching online. Whatever time zone you are. There's, there's something that's uniquely common to each and every one of us. At one point in time in your life experience, you would have been mistreated by someone. Somebody may have mistreated you. You may have known abuse. Somebody may have abused you. Somebody may have misunderstood you. And in one form or the other, you may have decided, oh, I'm going to stiffen myself. I'm not going to love again because of the experiences I have seen. Of gone through, or maybe you have gone through such experiences that you have made up your mind. For me, I'm not going to take it from anyone. Why? Because of the way people have treated you. And for some, you become tough. You, you've said to yourself, I'm, I'm not going to love as I ought to. That is a way, but it's not the most excellent way. It's not the most excellent way. But God is calling you and I into excellency in love. Excellency in love. The love that God is calling you and I into is a highway of sacrifice. To love, friends, is to love abundantly. And when you love abundantly, you do what you also live abundantly. To love the way that God loves. Because the Bible tells us that God is love. It is to live forever. Love, friends, 
It is the doorway that opens a world of selflessness. That's what love is. It opens a world of selflessness. In fact, scripture makes us understand that the love of God passes human understanding. In other words, it is beyond comprehension. Beyond comprehension. Have you ever asked yourself, how can this God love me so much? Now, sometimes when I think about God's love, I start crying because he picks, picked me out from nowhere and made me who I am today. Made you who you are today. There are so many things about life I don't deserve. Yet God poured out so much love for you and I. How can a God that can wipe away everybody and create new sets of people decides to love wicked people and unlovable people like you and I? That's the love that God is calling you and I into. That's the love that God is calling you and I into. It's a love we may not be able to understand, but the more we look at God and the love he expresses, the more God helps us to understand and catch a glimpse of it. You see, there are three kinds of love someone once said. I'm not talking about the types we know. Eros. Or agape. Or the like. But there are three types. There's what they call the if love. If love. If you do this, oh, I will love you. If you buy me a flower, I love you. Oh, if you take out the trash, I love you. If, if you meet my expectations, I love you. So it is conditional on you or someone meeting an equation. That's not God's kind of love. There's a second dimension of it that they call the because kind of love. The because kind of love. Oh, I love you because you are beautiful. Love you because you're just handsome. You just have some six packs. So when the six packs are gone, the love is gone. Oh, I love you because you're loaded. You got some money. And that's why sometimes people make mistakes. They go after love because somebody has something. Especially when it comes to marital love. Young people, please never marry somebody because they have money. Marry someone because they love God. Money will come. Not because. But you see, there's the third dimension of love, which is in spite of kind of love. In spite of. And, and that's God's kind of love. I, I still love you in spite of your failures. I, I still love you in spite of your weaknesses. Oh, you snore at night and I can't stand it. But I still love. <laughs> Have you seen somebody, some men who snore? Oh, yes. Come and ask me. <laughs> yes, <I'm... laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. In spite of who you are, I still love you. Oh, you, you, may, be, you may have a miserable past, but I still love you. I still love you. You may have a B.O. You know what they call a B.O.? Or oh, some of you don't know what they call a B.O. <laughs> you know, there's some people that God made so wonderfully, fearfully and wonderfully made that they need perfume to be able to, you know, smell good. The opening of the mouth alone is a lot of, you know, sweet-smelling savour that is coming out. Sometimes science tells us that it is some secretions that comes out from the body, you know, that, that creates that sweet smelling. So, so we're, not, we're, not, we're not despising or we're not mocking such kind of people. But you see, if I fall into that category, I'll, I'll get a good perfume, you know? Or I always keep gum in my mouth. But in, in spite of that, 
I still love you. I still love you. That's God's kind of love. L- listen, friends, people may stop loving you. Husbands may leave, abandon their wives. Wives may abandon their husbands. Parents may abandon their children. We know, and I've seen many times where people have abandoned their children. Children may abandon their parents. But we have a God that never abandons you and I. And that's the same love he's calling you and I into. A, a love that never abandons. A love that loves so deeply and so dearly. That's the kind of love that God is calling you and I and saying this is the most excellent way. Listen, friends. The greatest mark of Christianity, the greatest mark of Christianity is your ability to love the unlovable. I'd like you to note it. That's the greatest mark. It, it is not carrying vehicles that have and born again. Notice that there's some vehicles that are more born again than the people who are driving it. They have stickers all over. It's not the uniform we wear or the clothes we wear or the cliches that comes out from our lips. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Oh, how are you doing today? Oh, wonderful and fearfully and wonderfully made. The greatest mark, friends, is your ability to love the unlovable. And friends, you can't love unless the love of God is expressed through you. You can love effectively. But see, this is the love that God is calling you and I into. This is the love. And if we should miss this love and the expression of it and the living of it, we have missed the essence of life. We've missed the essence of life. It's good to go to work and earn a living because, of course, we spend dollars here. We don't spend love. You know, it's, it's good to do all of those things, pursue good career, good education, but that's not the essence of life. Look at what scripture says. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? He said, but to do justice, to love kindness, to love kindness. And to do what? Walk humbly. So this is what God requires of you. In other words, this is the expectation that God expects and wants of you. He says to love kindness. To love kindness. To love kindness. That is why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14. It says, do everything with love. Do everything with love. Do everything. I think the Passion Translation puts it this way. It says, let love and kindness be the motivation behind everything you do. In other words, God places your relationship above activities. Activities are good. But, but your love relationship is more. It says, do everything in love. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. That is why within the context of this, one of the aspects of love that I'd like to speak to, to help us connect effectively. Because you see, it's not just okay to just speak in abstract terms of love. But what are the attributes? Last Sunday we talked about the attribute of patience. And today we're going to be looking at the attribute of what? Of kindness. The attribute of kindness. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. It says, love is patient. The second thing it says that love is kind. Love is kind. In other words, it's saying that love is not just saying things. It's not just mere words. It's not more just mere words. Oh, and there are people who are very good in mere words. A young man looks at a lady and says, look, you know, Ever since I saw you, I've not been able to put myself together. Oh, really? Sometimes we vocalize words that are not really backed up by actions. But, but you see, the, the love that we're talking about 
goes beyond expression of words. Love is what you do. Tell somebody, love is what you do. Tell someone else, love is what you do. And you see, kindness is love in action. That's what kindness is. Kindness is simply love in action. Oh, I love you, so I have to express acts of kindness. And if you look at scriptures, you realize that kindness is huge. It's a big deal for God. It is. Kindness is simply having, you know, showing yourself or behaving yourself or have, living a life that is friendly, that is generous, and that is considerate. It, it is being pleasant. That's what kindness is. Simply loving action. In other words, when you're talking about kindness, you're talking about application of love. Application of love. It, it may mean just a smile when you're hurting the most. It, it may mean just providing your shoulder for someone just to lean on. It, it may mean just showing some extra care, an extra attention, an extra love, just to, for someone to feel the weight of the fact that there is God in heaven that still loves, and loves so dearly. Friends, kindness is very, very important. That is what the Bible says in one of the scriptures that I think um, the King Mwewa read. I think Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. He said there are, there's some clothes you need to put on. There's some clothes you need to put on. And, 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 and he said put on one of those dress that you ought to put on is to put on kindness. You see, what I've, what I've found out is that many of us spend a lot of time doing up ourselves to look good. To look nice. And there's nothing wrong. So we stay in the front of the mirror and then we dress up and when we go back, we check it. Does it really look nice? We'll go back again. We'll check it. Does it really look nice? Now we'll go back again. And for ladies that dab, Know that I see them, <laughs> and then they finish doing the thing that they, they, they use the brush to just brush it up a little bit, and then they look at the mirror and doesn't look. Go back again and adjust it. We spend so much time. And friends, there's nothing wrong about looking good. But, but friend, don't you think that you sh we should spend more time being good than looking good? We should spend more time being nice. Oh, good morning can make a difference. Oh, how are you doing today can make a difference. A smile can make a difference. Oh, I don't know how today was, but I, I feel there's something unusual about you. You really look good. Can make a difference. Kindness can, can, can be in words or in action. Your words can be kind. And your words can also be unkind. I told us the story before of one boss that I had. And if you said to him, good morning, sir, he'll look at you with a stem, strong-looking face and say to you, what's good about the morning? It's good. Sometimes it's like as if you should open the ground and then enter inside. Ah, and some people have tongues that are you know what they call poison? Oh. I recall, you know, back in the days when I was in the uni, there's one lady that we used to run away from. Because her tongue is like a razor blade that cuts through anything. Try to even say, oh, uh, uh, the name is just coming to me. Uh, sister B. You just look today, it's good today. 
Don't even go there. Don't even go there. It's not the type that tosses people. Don't go there. She will give you flat out. So that most people just like to avoid her. So kindness can be in words. And sometimes maybe the things you do, just your mannerism. People are approaching you and the meanness of your face is enough to people drive people away. Kindness. But here God is saying that, hey, this is the wardrobe we should put on. This is the qualities. These are the things we should put on. Kindness. Kindness. The, the question I'd like to ask you, friend, is this. What qualities are you best known for in school? What are you best known for in your community? What are you best known for in your workplace? At home? What are you best known for? Are you best known for someone who is, is, is kind? God makes it very clear in scripture, Philippians chapter 4 verse 5, the kind of qualities that he, he wants us to be known for. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5, he says in the New American Bible translation, he says, your kindness should be known to all. Your kindness. In other words, when they see you in your workplace, they say, oh, where? And they, or they're asking, who is the kindest person in this place? They say, oh, call that brother. Call that sister. Call that. Friends, kindness is huge before God. Big deal. Big deal. I think last Sunday we were talking about the fact that, you know, when Jesus Christ said when he's going to come back again, what he was going to be looking for. He said he was going to be looking for kindness. Look at the scriptures. Matthew chapter 25. Reading from verse 31. You can read it at home. But 31, 30 to 36. From verse 31 he says. It says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And, and, and it says, it says, in verse 34, then the king will say to those on the right hand, come to, come, you blessed of the Lord, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. Now, this was Jesus Christ saying that when I come back again, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say to some people, come to my right hand, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. But if you go down the verse of scripture, people, these people on the right hand will say, but how come we are here? So he goes further in verse 35 to say, he says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you did what you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison. All of these attributes are attributes of kindness. They are attributes of kindness. Expressions of kindness. That is why, friends, if there's anything we must hold so dearly, we must hold this as an attribute we must put into our lives. We must live by. It must be a way to run. It is so important. So, so important. Because when you're kind, there's a lot of benefits that comes with it. In fact, the truth is that life becomes unproductive if you're not kind. Life becomes unproductive. If you look at First Peter chapter eight, you know Second Peter chapter one verse eight, it talks about the more you grow like this, it talks about kindness. Before then, he said the more productive and useful you become. In other words, if you are not productive and useful, it is because you are not ex expressing or living by some of these attributes. But kindness is huge. In fact, the truth is that you attract heaven's favor when you are kind. Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 17 a man's kindness attracts favor a man's kindness attracts favor no wonder if you look at the life of David David's life was packed with kindness so that his son started saying to God he said you have shown my father so much kindness but look at his life if I came to a point in time in his experience where he said is there anyone in the house of Saul that can show kindness to? David was showing kindnesses to so many people. That is why, friend, 
as, as we walk in this path of love, we must make up our mind, must walk in the path of kindness. Let there be a kinder version of you. A version of you that strives to be kind much more than you were before. And, and there are three dimensions of how, or four dimensions I'd like to speak to, of how you can improve, deepen, grow your level of kindness from where you are, whatever level it is, to a higher level. There are four dimensions, and I, read, I take those four from a story, a very interesting story that many of us know. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37. I'll just paraphrase this story. You know, this story tells us of a story. Jesus Christ, a man, you know, a man came to Jesus, a lawyer, and said to Jesus, he said, what can I do? What one singular thing can I do? You know, that I'm again eternal life. And God, Jesus said, what is written in the law? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and then on and on. Jesus said, so love your neighbor as yourself. Then the man says, so who is my neighbor? And then Jesus Christ gave this illustration, this story. He said, a certain Jew was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And then, and then suddenly this man fell into the hands of bandits. In fact, theologians or history tells us that the road between Jerusalem and Jericho is windy. Lonely. And sloppy. And there are a lot of corners where robbers and sorts hide in this pathway so that as you are traveling down that path, people just jump out from different corners and then attack. So that was the case with this man. He, he was attacked. He fell down among thieves and they robbed him. They beat him up. They stripped him of everything. They wounded him. And then, of course, they left him as dead. Then three men came by and every one of us we may stand in the category of any of these three men. Three men came by. The, the first person that came by is what they call a priest. Or you may call a Christian. Or a disciple. A Christ follower. So in verse 31 on the book of Luke, the Bible says, Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him lying down on the ground, what did he do? The Bible says that he crossed to the other side and continued walking. He crossed and continued walking. The second person could be said to be a pastor, a Levite. And then the second one came by. He arrived at the place now, this time around, he looked at the man. The Bible says he looked. He said, hmm, hey, yeah. And then, he didn't, he, ironically, he didn't go by the same side. He crossed to the other side and then continued his journey. And then, of course, the third category was the category of the Samaritan who showed kindness. Who showed kindness. Let's, let's look at them closely within the context of of. of, of how we can deepen our love. There are three things here that I'd like to quickly point out. The first one is for you to be able to express or deepen your level of kindness, you must see people around you that have a need. See the needs of people around. See the needs. See the needs. The scripture says when he saw, the Samaritan saw, the truth is that love or kindness begins with looking. It begins with looking. And you can look and say, hey, you see the need? Say, ah, I mean, it, I don't want to engage in this. And you cross. And, and that was what happened to the first person. The first person saw but there are so many things that works in the life. Maybe that man was in a hurry. Maybe that man had some other agenda. Maybe he wasn't looking at, and I don't think I want this to trouble me. Maybe there were things that were going on in his mind. And then because of the things that were going on in his mind, he lost the opportunity to be a blessing. 
And a couple of times, many of us, there are things going on in our mind. We are too preoccupied with ourselves. The challenges we go through, the, 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 the hustle and bustle in the land, that even though we are seeing, we are not seeing. We are struggling to make life, to make a living. And yet God is presenting opportunities day by day. We are too busy. We are too engrossed. We are too personalized. And sometimes, maybe even this man once has said, I hope this guy is not playing tricks lying down there. I missed the opportunity. Friends, there are wounded people all around. That God wants you to show kindness to. In your workplace. In my workplace. In your community. In my community. At home. There are wounded people all around. The, the, fact, the truth is that everybody has a secret wound. Everyone. No matter how good looking you are. You know, well dressed up you are. Fact, sometimes we cover our, we cover our wounds. By having very good facade. But deep down there are areas where we are hurting. That if someone can just show you some level of kindness, it will make a world of difference. Friends, may God open your eyes to see where you be a blessing to someone. May God open my eyes as well to see. Are you passing by like the priests or like the Levites? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 24, he says, no one should seek his own good, but everyone the good of the other. In other words, there is, that God does not give you an eye. The excuse, the opportunity to say, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I have this. Oh, we need to look. 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 And just an act of care may save the life of someone. Just an act of care. Remember a story of a woman so many years ago in one of the churches that I've been involved in. She was walk, going by and then according to her story she was going to go jump into the river, well, the ocean in Lagos. They call it Bar Beach. But as she was going by, she just saw this big church and then decided to walk in because something said to her, walk into that church. And then she walked into the church and then listened to the message. And after service, somebody walked up to her and said to her, hey ma'am, I think God loves you. I don't know what it is, but God loves you. She had not finished saying God loves you when this woman started breaking down crying. What was the difference? Somebody had an eye to see. Friends, coming to church is not just about coming to church. But coming to church is an opportunity to show kindness and be a blessing to someone. So while within the context of coming, don't come with the mindset of only, oh, let me just come and enjoy the praise and worship. Oh, fragrance of light, they're going to be on fire today. So let, let's just come and enjoy it. Nobody should come as, as you come. Let your eyes be open. Is there anyone that I can show the kindness of God to? That, that a world may be a difference in their lives world may be a difference. Oh, don't come to church only for your own personal things. Come to church with a mind to be a blessing. A friend shared this story, a joke to me. Whether it is true, I don't know. And he said that in one of their churches where it was, as present worship was going on, everybody was lifting up their hands and singing, there's one guy who was there who his agenda of coming to church that day was to come and look for a wife because they said that the good girls are in church. That the bad ones, they go somewhere else. 
So the guy purposely came to church to look for a good girl. He himself is not as if he's a church person, but he just came to church. So as everybody was lifting up their hands, they thought that was, that was, the, that was the culture because he saw everybody lifting up their hands. So he too, he lifted up his two hands. But as people were lost in the spirit, he was busy. Stand amazed in your presence. He was busy looking. And you see, the, the way God works is that God knows how to match make people. So he said that suddenly he too saw somebody who was, another lady who was lifting up her hands, but was looking around. And guess what? Their two eyes jammed. You know the end of the story. But it ended up becoming one of the worst relationships anyone can enter. Friends, listen and listen closely. You're here for a purpose. One, for God. Number two, for you to also be a blessing. As God blesses you. And it may be an act of kindness. The second thing we see from this scripture is, 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 is that this Samaritan man who did not always see, the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 33, the Bible says he saw the man in Luke chapter 10 verse 33 and the scripture says he had compassion. He had compassion. And that was what the other two did not have. They had no compassion. Everything that Jesus Christ did, he did it on the basis of compassion. The scripture will say he was moved with compassion. Compassion simply means a show of concern. That's what compassion means. It just, it just means to sympathize with people. You see somebody who has always been smiling and then suddenly the, the guy's face or the lady's face is so squeezed. You know that life has death some blow. And that's where sens sensitivity comes in. We must be sensitive in the spirit to see what God is saying about somebody just by facial expressions. Sometimes it comes with a gift. Some other times it comes with just being a little bit extra sensitive. Compassion. Compassion. And the scripture says that this man who... Now, there's a day and light between a Samaritan and a Jew. This man had every reason not to want to have anything to do with this guy. I don't know how I can compare it. Can you imagine if, for instance, um, I don't know what comparison to make, of, let, let's use a Christian and a Boko Haram person. Let's use that as an example, in terms of comparison. If, a, if you live in the country where there are Boko Harams, and you say you're a Christian, thank God that they don't, they don't live here. <laughs> That's the really closest one that I can think of right now. They are out to finish every Christian. So just say you're a believer, you're a Christian. They just have to kill you. They don't like anything about you. In fact, they hate your gods. Just the fact that you say you're a Christian, they hate it with a passion. And they are ready to do anything to just... It's just like some of these extreme groups, you know, in the U.S. We don't have them in Canada. Glory be to God. Some of them, they call them some strange names. Who hate blacks with a passion? They hate them with a passion. Some will just shoot blacks for nothing because it's colored. But God made that man. So that was, that was how the Samaritans saw the Jews. They hated each other. But they, they, they felt that, look, this one's when nobody. So this Samaritan had every reason not to want to deal with this Jewish guy on the floor. But the scripture says he had compassion. And sometimes, friends, compassion means I want to suffer with you. I want to go through the pains you go through. And if you look at the, the story of this man, the, this, the, the, this, this man had every reason to say, I'm not going to do anything. He, he, I believe that this man must have been a businessman traveling to go do business somewhere, you know, because what will he be doing in Jerusalem? I mean, in Jericho. But he, his time was not what he was looking at. 
He, he spent his time. He, he spent his money. He, he used his donkey and put the, the man on the donkey. So he that was supposed to be sitting on the donkey, he came down from the donkey. It, it, two of them couldn't have because the man was practically useless. So how will he be able to? So the chances are that he walked. Or if he didn't walk and he climbed the donkey with the man, there would have been a lot of inconveniences holding the man and holding the donkey. So, what made the difference? Compassion. Listen, friends, when you are compassionate as a person, you don't criticize. You don't. You, you look for how to engage in solving the problem. You look for how to engage. When you are compassionate as a person, you don't judge. You don't say, oh, this, 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 this guy, I know, I, know, I know what he can do. I know, I know maybe what happened to him is his fault. Maybe it's his problem. And on and on. When you show a lot of compassion, you go out of your way. You put yourself in the person's situation and you do what you offer help. You offer hope. You offer hope. If you look at scriptures, the Bible says that this man brought out the, the little things he had. First and foremost, to do what? To show kindness, to offer hope. Listen, friends, there are many aspects of life where God wants you to show compassion. God wants you to show compassion. You, you are at work and you have a deadline to beat. And somebody saying to you, please, can you explain how they do this? Say, no, I don't have time. A sister was sharing with me of one of his... You know, that they went to. And they kept saying to her, you're going to be independent. You're going to be independent. Just walk on you. We don't have, nobody has time here. Nobody has time. Nobody has time. So if you can't walk on your own, you're just on your own. I don't know many of you who, have, who works in some kind of environment. They don't want to, just do your thing. Even when you have a problem, nobody wants to come to your rescue. They are waiting for you to fall. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. And then they will be saying, uh -huh, look at him. I thought they said he knows. Yeah, compassion will make you create a time to do what? To offer hope, to offer help. You, you, work in a, you live in a marital relationship and, 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 and God is expecting you to show compassion. Oh, the man may not be it, the woman may not be it, but what God is expecting you to do is show compassion. Compassion will make you fix things at home which you're not supposed to fix. Compassion will make you not drag over things you're not supposed to drag. Compassion. The third thing, sake of my time, is that this man committed to doing something. This man committed to doing something. The Bible says in verse 34, so he went to him and did what? He bandaged his wounds and then started pouring oil and wine. This guy did not have first aid. There were no first aid kits there. But what did he have? He had, I'm sure the bandage, it wasn't as if he was carrying bandage. The chances are that he must have either torn his, torn his robe or torn something to use to tie him up. I'm, generally for travelers, travelers will have wine. So he decided to use the wine that he had. Listen, friends, you must commit when it comes to kindness, commit to doing something. And you know how he starts? Starts small. Starts small. Start with the small things. Start with the small things. But make a commitment. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to live a life of kindness. And I'm going to start it small. And it may just be a simple thing of opening doors for everyone that is walking how many people have seen some people go, go through, you're going into a remote that has doors. And then there are people coming behind you. And somebody opens the door. Then the door flips back by itself because of the pulley. And then the next person will struggle to open the door. And then this flash, you know, comes, swings back. And then another person pulls the door. But have you ever seen in some more locations where one person sees other people coming. He opens the door and holds the door. And everybody begins to pass. They say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's an act of kindness. 
Little things that matter. Little things that matter. I will never forget, you know, so many years ago, I had a, a, the privilege of traveling to the UK then. It was a big deal, you know, to travel from the country where I was living to travel to the UK for the first time. And we entered this thing called train. And the first time, there was a big gap between the train and the platform. And I kept hearing, mind the gap, mind the gap. And I was looking at it from, <laughs> from back home. I said, I hope somebody will not fall into this place. So I managed to skip into the train. And suddenly there were some seats that were available, and I sat down. And one elderly person, the place was packed, one elderly person came in. I saw this man, this man was almost like my father. And something said to me, Israel, you can't be sitting down when your father is standing. So I got up. There were many other people who were sitting, people who were even younger than me were sitting. They were chatting away and laughing. So I got up, and I said, sir, can you please sit? He said, whoa. Oh, you really? I said, yes. It sounded so strange. But in my mind, where I came from, you can't, you can't, be, you can't be standing up, sitting down when you're... In fact, they will, sometimes they will show you <laughs> if you're from a good home, but they will just... <laughs> and so I, I got up. And the man sat down. Guess what? Everybody was looking at me as if there was some strange thing happening to me. But that man said to me, thank you. Acts of kindness. They may be little, but they go very far. They go very far. They go very far. And friends, you've got to start it in a little way. Practice acts of politeness. Make up your mind. I'm going to be polite. Make up your mind, I'm going to be polite. Make up your mind. The first time I interacted with our general overseer closely, and I said to him, good afternoon, sir. He too said, good afternoon, sir. I said, ah, you, me, sir. <laughs> and I realized that that is the pattern he does with almost everyone. So, Sometimes, some people have quarreled with me, say, Pastor, don't, don't greet me, sir. Don't greet me, ma. Uh, please, just allow me. Acts of kindness, little things matter. Just say, please, just say, thank you. Just, 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 just. You know, sometimes, especially for those of us who are married, you go to work together, and then you come back home, and maybe the woman is a better cook. And then she goes into the kitchen, and then she does a meal. Meanwhile, at this time you are, she's doing the meal, you, sometimes the man, you're sitting down, you're crossing your leg, you know, and you're waiting for the meal to come. And then the meal comes, and you finish eating the meal, you leave the table, and then you go. Not even a word of thank you. Not a word of thank you. Until one day I realized that, hey, this is a privilege. It is a privilege, it is not a right. So every time they finish doing the meal for me, whosoever does it, I say, oh, please, thank you. Whether it is a burnt offering or it is a whatever offering. But I don't eat burnt offering in my house, so. Thank you. Thank you. First, little things matter. Little things. Little acts of kindness. It may be just giving up a seat for someone. It may be being polite. In fact, one of the things, because I work in retail, in the retail business, one of the things I have found out is that Canadians sometimes can be impolite. I don't know how they say a word like that. Uh -huh, thank you. They look at you because you are on the other side of the counter and they despise you. If one guy met me one day when I was on, cash, on the cash, taking, you know, taking payments from a customer. And the guy looked at me and said, ah, sir, whatever it is, it is well low. Whatever it is. <laughs> well, 
why must you be so rude? Why, why must you think that because I'm on the other side of the counter, there's something wrong with me? It's a, it's a wrong mindset. It's a wrong mindset. And then some, sometimes, some, some customers are just so difficult. Just so difficult. Just so difficult. Acts of kindness. Friends, we are believers and we must show an example of the God that we serve. Let these acts of kindness radiate and permeate through you to the lives of people because you may never tell what your act of kindness can do for someone. I walked in one day to Chopin's Drug Mart and there was this lady who was at the other side of the counter. Now, because of the experiences I have gone through, so every time I see people who are I. I tried to show some little acts of kindness. I said, oh, how has been your day? She looked at me. I said, oh, you're the first person that will ask me this kind of question today. I said, oh. So it's been pretty rough. And just, she just went into a couple of bad experiences they had with people. And I said to her anyway, people will always be people. But you know, one thing about, I see about you is that you look beautiful. And the more you can keep the smile on, you're going to look much more pretty, pretty. And suddenly the lady brightened up and started smiling. So just thank you. I think you've made my day. And took a walk. I took a walk. I was not saying it because I want to toast her. I was saying it because I felt at the point there's a need to show an act of kindness. Every now and then, friends, you are going to see people you need to show kindness to. It may involve your time. It may involve your resource. It may involve every aspect of you. How far will you go? Kindness is expensive. I don't think I close at this point. It's expensive. This man spent his money, so don't think it's not expensive. He spent his time. But friends, if you must and will make an impact, you must be ready to be spent or to spend and be spent. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. We cannot say we love, friends. We can't. We can't. If you're not ready to give, you can't. You can't say you love and you see a brother in despair and you look away. You can't. You can't. That's not the people that God is calling to his kingdom. The men and the women that God is calling to his kingdom are people who should look beyond themselves and say to God and to themselves, I'm ready to pour myself out as an offering to God, even if it costs me something. Because kindness is a seed. I close with these two stories. One is a personal story. And then the second is a story that I read. Every act of kindness is for yourself. It's not for God. It's not for the people. It's for yourself. I learned that principle in a very big way. Proverbs 11 verse 17. I think the New King James Version puts it that way. He said, kindness is for yourself. It's a seed. So if you decide to be kind, it's a seed that comes back to you. You know, so many years ago, about 28, 29 years ago, about, yeah, about that, 29 or 30 years ago, I was driving down on the street on a very rainy day, driving my dad's vehicle. But it was raining heavily. And somewhere along the line, I saw a young lady who I have met once before in the rain with an umbrella, holding the umbrella. And it was raining very badly. And the something said to me, why not stop and ask her where she's going and see whether you can help her? I've only met her once before then. So I stopped, and I went down 
the glass, you know, turn the, you know, it's not a button where you can, it's not the one you press the button on this side. You know, you have to stretch over to that side and then you wind it down. So she came close and I said, oh, how are you? I said, she, she said, she's fine. I said, well, where are you going? He said, I'm going down the road, going to church. It was totally out of my way. Totally. In my head, I was saying, oh, should I go there? Oh. And I said, okay, come in. Let me drop you. So she hopped into the car. And there was not too much conversation apart from, oh, how are you? Blah, 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 blah. And we went. And then I dropped her off in the church. Fast forward. About one or two years after, two years later, about if no more, after, I was praying and asking God, Lord, please, who will I marry? And God said to me, that lady you picked up with an umbrella that day is the one you marry. Now, can you imagine if, for instance, or rather putting it this way, could I have ever imagined that what act I was sowing that day was going to come back to me. I could never have imagined. Maybe those are one of the things that even made her to agree to marry me. <laughs> it's true. Because the first, person, the first person that I proposed to, that after I fasted for three good days, dry. Dry. For three days, I did not eat anything because I felt I must get it right. After all those fasts, no, you didn't, she didn't agree. Kindness is a seed that comes back. It's a seed that comes back. The last story. There's a man, many of us would have heard the story over and over again. I'll paraphrase the story for the sake of my time. Called Dr. Howard Kelly. And the story goes that he was, he was a poor young boy. He was a young boy, you know, selling goods to just pay his school fees and all of that. So he goes from house to house selling stuff. So one day he decided, you know, as he was going, you know, he felt a little bit hungry. So he said to himself that the next house that I'm going to stop by, I'm going to ask them to give me water, a cup of water to drink. So that I can just hold himself before he gets home. So when he knocked on the door and the lady opened the door, the beauty of the lady made, you know, him just lost, lose his mind. So he could not ask him for water or ask him for anything. So instead, he said to him, brother, can you please just give me, you know, something to cool my tax? So this woman figured that this young man looks, this young boy looks hungry and went in and brought him a glass of milk. So the guy drank the milk, became a little bit stronger, and then off he went. But that gave him a new hope that God must be in his business. Fast forward. He became trained, he became a doctor. When he finished, entered into consultations and all of that. Then, one day when he was at work, they said to her that there is a woman that she needs to see who had a rare disease that he needed to see. And she asked them, I mean, he asked them where did this woman come from and they called the name of the village where this, this woman came from. And this village resonated well with this doctor because that was the village where he grew up. So he went down and saw the woman. Said the, he said that immediately he saw the woman, he recognized that it was the woman that gave him a glass of milk. So he took extra care in treating this lady. Took extra care. Became very much interested in this. And because he was a specialist in this field, the story goes that this man did everything to help this lady. And then fast forward, this woman had a surgery. At the end of the day, she became well and whole. And she was saying, how am I going to pay the bills? But the doctor sent a message to his office and said, okay, they should send him the bill. They sent him the bill and he stamped it and wrote there, fully paid for. With a glass of milk. Wow. Kindness will always come back. 
Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.